Welcome to the Fantasy Take TV podcast. It is week two of the finals uh, we're leading into. Uh, week one of the finals, pretty mad, mad pressure games all over. We're going to speak about that today. But what else is on the agenda? I will speak about our finals footy fantasy teams for this week, the results, and also next week. Well, we picked up on a few Supercoach relevant players that have popped up um, for next year. So we'll touch on that. We'll also review the games and tips for next week. So it should be exciting. Boys, how are we? Good, George. Pretty good, thanks, Giordano. That's Just good. Got back from, well, happy Father's Day, first of all, JD. Happy Father's oh, Day. thank you. Happy thank Father's you. Day. Uh, and to mine and George's dad. But yeah, went to the movies and watched Bullet Train and I advise no one to go and see that movie yeah, if you're going to the movies in the coming few weeks because that was that was pretty bad. Um, was this the Brad Pitt one? Yeah, it was like action all over the place, but like a story that just... Uh, they had put in too many twists and turns that there's just more like overkill. And when it's like an action movie... Look, I'm not a I'm not a movie specialist. I don't watch many at the best of times, but you got to like hit the comedy right at times, and the jokes mm-hmm. they threw in there were just so bad. I, I don't even think I smiled once. So it's like two hours of nonstop action. They're on the train the whole movie, and it's like all these agents and you know whatever. And just I was just drained by the end of it. I'm like I can't believe I watched that. Not really getting what was going on. And by the end of it, I was none the wiser. So yeah, I wouldn't go and watch that. <laughs> but. Anyway. Ever, that's got that's got a seven and a half out of ten on IMDb. That's actually like the hottest take we've had on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a movie buff, so maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. But yeah, my word. You've never walked out of a walked out of a cinema before. <laughs> my dad was actually just talking about that. He's like, <laughs> I was close to it. <laughs> he reckons he's done it before, but no, I haven't. I haven't. Um, we're in the Lux, you know, whatever it is at Hoyt. So had dinner and stuff oh, in there. Nice. So. Uh, that was my highlight favorite. of the movie. <laughs> uh, the footy, though, pretty nuts, wasn't it, JD? Um, it's an insane week of finals. I actually can't remember a week of finals that's been as good as the one that we just had in yeah. terms of qualities of games, like drama. Like, they were all competitive. They are all close. It could, all could have gone either way. Um, and you had, like, a, a good mix of, I think, uh, like, high-scoring kind of offensive games, which you saw with the Lions and the Tigers. But we also saw some really kind of contested um, high-pressure games, like Cats Magpie sticks out to me as one of those. Uh, and then you obviously had the big comeback as well, um, which, like, yeah, you just had everything. So it kind of didn't matter what your style of preferred footy was. There was something for everyone this weekend. It was just a really good weekend of football. Yeah. I disagree slightly. I thought the <laughs> excitement go. and the pressure was good. I thought the skills were atrocious, especially the Geelong-Collingwood game. That was a terrible, terribly skilled game. Never seen so many fumbles. That's because of so, the pressure. No, there was a lot of uncontested fumbles. Uh, maybe the crowd got was a bit too loud for them, but I was not impressed. <laughs> Sydney's flag to lose, I think. Not impressed with everyone else. What? But we'll get to that soon. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. We'll go to uh, before we get into the games. Uh, we'll go over our finals footy fantasy teams for this week. Um, Okay. Uh, shout I'll out just get mine out of the way. Organizing that and uh, go for it. You know, bring up your team on the screen. Yeah, pretty disastrous. I know. I said I'd change Baz to Bont, and I forgot to do that. So there's 60 points. I had Bailey Dale, who got scored 60. Rich 50. So what did I score? Two, uh, 1,730 and about 2,000. So I'm pretty sure that's terrible because I can't imagine there's many more than 2,000 playing. But who knows? Um, forwards was pretty bad. Shea was 
pretty bad after half time. Um, mids are pretty decent, but yeah, Baz there with Brayshaw on the bench, not great. Um, and yeah, those two defenders should have got the Freo, other Freo boys, and um, someone else, but yeah. Pretty terrible, but at least it's like a free hit. <laughs> Get another free hit next week. See how we go. It is hard just getting the one week because anyone anything can happen in one week. Yeah, pretty so much. It's... I knew like the cluggage would go well and Neil, although fantasy not as like good. Like was a good pod. Um, yeah, the boss should have gone some more dogs mids and uh, and then the forwards line. I don't know who else went well in the forwards. You boys, any <laughs> who was the best forward of the week? Probably like okay, a lob was pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to go lob, <laughs> and I, I didn't do it in the end. But I yeah. think 80 is oh, a yeah. really good score for the forward line. Yeah, true. Uh, like Walters was the best forward, wasn't he? Yeah. 98. Yeah, true. Because they're all guest natural forwards. Oh, he played pretty well. Maybe McLean is a forward in this format. Yes, McLean. Was, he turned up. Speak about him. Soon. Oh, and a McStay went one eleven. That oh. was kind of hard to predict because he oh, uh, got moved into the rocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll put your team up, George. There you go. Yeah, I did. I, I did okay. I made uh, said weekly rank of two hundred forty-five. Scored well. I captained Neil. Um, so I made two late changes. Kind of lucky, I guess. Um, I had Angus Brayshaw, and I saw Libba was out. So go back to the well. Brought in Jack McRae. Um, I hope we own him again next year, but we'll see how he goes. And then uh, got rid of Ed Richards because I had to get rid of a dog, put in uh, Tom Stewart, who played okay. Tough Not matchup deserved. against Bo McCreary. Takes uh, those sort of forwards, but um, yeah, I think the I think it was quite hard to stuff up the midfield. I know if you're like a Baz or Angus Brayshaw, that's pretty bad because you know Mills 120, Brayshaw I think went 120, McLuggage 120, Dogs and... Oliver did really well. So that went well. Defense, just Daniel Rich, really bad. Um, thought I had lost him, but apparently not. Um, and then the forward line was pretty tough to nail. So the, the forward line was the one where you could get 30 points plus 40 points. As you can see, Shea Bolton, 30, just sank the the week, just yeah, sank right there on the first game. And then I went, Jez, I went Hawkins over Jezza because Jezza, I thought, potentially underdone from the injury from the hammy but not he was probably best on ground um so yeah that's how the team went um but yeah i think you need would you need top three to win so can't really make a mistake in this format but yeah a bit of fun uh jd good yours yeah so i think i scored seven less than you george which put me about 70 points behind uh defense are pretty much nailed the only ones I think really scored significantly better was Noble with a 109 who was realistically never going to pick and then Chapman who was a consideration uh, but because I wanted to run Brayshaw in the mids just didn't end up picking him uh, the midfield itself uh, like yeah I mean pretty much nailed everything but it was hard not to I think not having Bont was probably the only blemish and like what were you ever really going to drop someone like Neil not getting tagged just not really um, so it was would have been like a you know 20 point win over like a Brayshaw or Mills. But I, I um, was originally going to have McCluggage in defense who scored a 120, but only moved Dunkley in on the back of the Liber News. So that was a 13 point game, which is nice. And the forwards is where, it, oh, and I captained uh, Oliver. So I did it right there. But the forwards is where it fell apart for me. Um, Bailey, I got, which is good. But yeah, Bolton, Jackson, Hawkins, like all sub 60s. 
Stengel, who was a little bit of, I guess, a pod, like this is okay. But I mean, what you had. Goulden, I think. Uh, Goulden, who I did have at some point. Yeah. Um, Jez Cameron, who was like high 70s as well. So, uh, yeah, like not like this is just bad. I mean, Bolton's the really bad one. An extra 40 points there. And it's it's a really competitive score. But uh, yeah, like yeah, close like to no Lynch cigar. Got 70, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He so, got yeah. high 70s as well, who yeah. was also somewhat popular. So, yeah. Yeah. This team was close, but the forward line let me down for sure. Yeah. Yep. So to touch on next week, so it's not open yet for next week. Will we s- soon, I guess? But is it um, six how many from each team you get now? Six from each team. Okay. So I think probably load up on the Fremantle mids against the Pies. We know they leak there. Melbourne and Brisbane, you expect both mids to do pretty well there. They seem to leak against, seem to leak a bit of points, I think, both teams. <sighs> Harms got off right, so but they didn't go to Neil last time, did they? Brayshaw sat on him. Yeah, so anyway, see what happens there. So do you go Neil? I think watching Neil, it's just you can see why he's tagged literally every week. There's enough mm-hmm. pods and fantasy's not his thing, is it? Real I mean, I guess I'm going off one Neil. Game, but he handballed a lot and didn't mark the ball once, I don't think. So Yeah, Neil was You don't get top. extra points for clearances, contested ball, do you? So is yeah. he worth it? Yeah, so Neil was like top eight for fantasy this year, I'm pretty sure for the mids, but the difference is just like, there wasn't very much uncontested stuff. So we saw what made him good at super coach in that first finals game, but you didn't see any of his really like the fantasy game because it's just a lot of like contested in and under high super coach points, but not much uncontested kick mark play, which is, um, you know, where you can really get those like rack up the points and kind of junk it a bit. Um, and also tackles, right? That's what Dunkley did this week. Just mass tackles. Hmm. Yep. Um, no Ruckman, or they'll play probably Darcy Fort. Um, so pick Gorn, Gorn, probably you got to pick <laughs> Gorn, I guess. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting. So, yeah, that'll open soon. Anything else to All add right. on that? So, just quickly then, who, who are you going to pick forwards from this week? Because I, I think it probably makes sense to what, like, stack it towards teams that are going to get wins, maybe. I don't know. Like, the forwards is what was make or break this week. Like, where, where are you going to put put your picks? <laughs> I think Bailey's a lock. Try and predict the bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, speak, I'll yep. speak about Bailey, but he was unbelievable. Um, yep. I don't have I don't a lot know. of confidence in many. Rory Lobb? Yeah. If you get a bit of rock, you get the hit outs. Um, yeah, not too sure. Maybe there might be like a dust. I know Dusty's out, isn't he? He people probably would have got forward status. I think, yeah, a lot of the Melbourne forwards were just atrocious. So it's like it's hard to trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, honestly. Oh, what about like a Fritch or someone like that? How do you go? Fritch actually did 86. okay. He scored eighty six. Yeah, he kicked. He kicked three goals. So, um, and I think yeah. he got a lot of the same criticism he always gets, right? Which is like pretty selfish play. Uh, yeah, um, I still think he still probably need him to score because they like struggling for opportunities up there. I think Ben Brown probably gets dropped. Maybe Might like a Schultz. He scored 69 without oh. a goal. That's Tom McDonald's, not bad. If Tom McDonald's coming back, like, that's Apparently an interesting pick. Pretty underdone. I doubt it. Is yeah. what, who, Tom McDonald? He's, he's been in the VFL for two weeks, hasn't he? Yeah. Someone was I mean, I guess if you've been out from the year, though. I thought he was good the first week back. I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering stuff. I don't know. Apparently, he still like, can't move well or move. But they might be desperate enough to do it. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I do like Walters. 
big oh. game player. And Ash have Johnson, a, he scored 60, but I thought he was good. Wouldn't have a look at your boy, uh, Fort. He'll be rock. Yeah, they don't do it in here. They don't give him that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think we can move on to some fantasy relevant plays that we picked up on. So the first one is Toby McLean scored a hundred. Now he got zero CBAs, but and there was no liver, but he's priced at low two hundreds, like two twenty, two thirty. Yeah, whatever they um, end up on. Two ACLs. So he was pushing up to stoppage a fair bit. He was hanging around the ball, but no CBA. So a high half forward role. Uh, Bevo did mention to replace Libba that they could use McLean could go in there but yeah zero CBAs um, I think I'll lock him in for next year at that price but we'll see what other options there are but yeah back in the day was a 110 uh, scorer sort of mid, 20, yeah. first half of 2018 before he hurt himself so yep yeah I think he'll be in the, I think he'll be in my starting team can you guys see him in your starting teams Long way to yeah. go, but yeah. I've I've added him to the spreadsheet. It actually, I mean, early days forward seems like it'll be tricky because we're going to have lots of options next year. So there's already some cheaper primos that, you know, I like the look of in Butters, Dilmore, Rosie, possibly Taranto, depending on where he ends up. Um, and then you've got a lot of cheaper players coming off injury. So like Fife, Allen, Fantasia, King, Bruce, and then McLean can kind of add, add it into list as well. So he's like... One in the mix, but I'm like, there's lots of other options there as well. It kind of just depends on preseason and role and all that. But the fact he's up and playing now and playing well in finals is a good sign and and probably a advantage to him over some of the others on that list. I assume he's been playing mid in the VFL, but he's averaging about a hundred or so in that the past few weeks. Uh, another one from the Dogs game. So McRae was really good. Back to old McRae, week off, but no liver. So his, his role has been kind of stuffed around with, I guess we'll see in the preseason, but that was kind of encouraging. Like, I'm not going to put a line through him just yet, but harder to trust now. And I don't know, maybe with a long-term injury to any of the other mids that they have, and maybe we look at him next year. Say say Libba was out for um, under the first 10 weeks or something, just a hypothetical. Would you look at starting McRae? I always said I was 100% because I believe Dunkley's going. Not that I know Jack, but it kind of seems that way. And um, I am. I know you hate that, but <laughs> <laughs> not Port anyway. Especially if it goes to Port, yeah. No, don't. But do Libba's like what? Libba's 30 now, so I know he's been awesome the last two years. But um, yeah, McRae, yeah, I just think he's so solid. He's got to go back in there. You'd think, but it is Bevo, although. Is it Bevo? <laughs> it's, it's talking like yeah, it's... but who knows? Oh, and then he ends up coaching Essendon the mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think they should they still they need to a play new out until we can make a call. On McRae, really, isn't it? Yeah, we'll worry about that. It comes. It'd be cheapest he'd been in what four years? Yeah, I think uh, also Clayton Oliver looked unreal. Probably going to get tagged every <sighs> week, but. He's um, in the brown line, I, hopefully. He's not. I think Man, he's not. He's so good. He's crazy. Played for a broken hand this year as well for a few weeks. So had a downish game, first one back. No, so not maybe track. Had, I mean, I he know. got he tried was gifted, injured, but he got gifted goals in this as well. But yeah, I mean, he's still cracked. Yeah, crazy. That but yeah, ever said track was better. Isn't it? Well, speaking of Petrarca, so just as a note, I guess no one will start him next year, but 
Uh, last five weeks of the season, CBA's dropped to 50% with Gus going back in there. So that tells me there's a reasonable chance he'll be a forward. I think there's not really much else to discuss. But yeah, he's currently got a hairline fracture, so good luck to him for the finals. Do they arrest him? They still think he's going to play. I don't know. I mean, for finals uh, footy relevance, that does like bring Angus Brayshaw sure I'd take into consideration maybe uh, next week if uh, the is going to be out. Well, did he? No, he didn't. But they, I mean, it felt like he was kind of doing the defensive stuff. Uh, and so if they put him to Neil this week, is that good or bad, that role? Like being defensive kind of stopper on, on near without hard tagging. Yeah. Worth noting that this, like, so Gus Brayshaw, 540K next year in defense. I, I do worry that they can throw him around. And, like, we saw him have a bad game, although it was against the Swans. Probably not much tougher matchup right now than them. So it does like, put I, a bit of doubt in your mind. They can always throw him around, but... I mean, like finals footy is different though, right? Like just the effort and the game styles. Uh, it feels like we saw a lot less uncontested stuff in some of these games and that's where Angus Brayshaw would have thrived. Um, you know, like the cheap kind of kick, kick marks around the back. That's where he did really well this year. Um, and like even uh, like Brody, for example, who's been a darling all year, still did a lot of the contested stuff, but he got none of the cheap outside stuff he was getting through the year, at least a lot less of it. Um, so it's just interesting. Like this is why it's a little bit hard to extrapolate from finals sometimes because just some players that get their scoring from weird ways, it just doesn't always reflect, I find, just because of the game styles. I don't know, maybe that's wrong. It's just that's just kind of how I yeah, feel some of these saying. games. Could be. Yeah. Outsideish players will generally find it harder in finals, yeah. but yeah, I agree. Uh, and then the last one we got here, well, it sounds like Toronto's all but locked to go to the Tigers. Uh, roughly Sub said seven year, seven fifty k yeah. deal. So yeah, Anna, how do you feel about the size of that contract? I'm kind of don't care anymore these days to pull a player out of a club. I know he's like probably capped really to what he can be. Like we already know what Toreno is, and that's he is what he is. But we hell of a like we we can probably move on to the game, the Brisbane Tigers game, I guess. Um, and that's we just need more midfielders. I mean, we've never really had. <clears throat> a deep midfield, but as soon as Presti went down, I was pretty much conceding we'd lose. We hung in there, I guess. It's just mm-hmm. a pretty, just a ridiculous game. Everyone was nailing goals from everywhere. And that was probably, even though <laughs> when I was watching them all go through in the last quarter, I, just, I was like, neither of these teams are really going to be much of a threat, I wouldn't have thought, going forward. Um, yeah. Just because you can't play like this and win four games in a row and win the flag. Yeah. But it was yeah. in, it was pretty insane to watch. But I, I mean, like it's it was... Uh, midfield perspective, right, is interesting, right? Because you had Dusty, he's still obviously not back well. He like barely played, forward. really. Yeah. Bolton Bolton got well held, and I, I think he just plays worse with Martin in the side because they both kind of play that unique role, having both in the side, so it doesn't seem to work that well. You had Prestia that went down, and then you had Cochin tagged. It kind of felt like Nankervis having that strong ruck advantage was what helped even the He's our best midfield. midfielder. <laughs> yeah, like it helped. He had, what, 18 contested possessions or something, and yeah. I don't know, like nearly 10 clearances. Um, but outside of that, you guys got smacked up around the ball. So you can really see the the need for Taranto to to join that midfield. I get the money is the money's probably not the bad one. It's seven years. Like he's I think he's my age or you're younger. So he's like twenty you know, that's indeed well into his thirties that he'll be real age deal. leaked. <laughs> oh no, there's no way you're that young. You're twenty four. Get off. Yeah. Oh. Well, he's almost twenty five, oh. wouldn't he be? 
Oh, I was almost. About he's from out my area. He's from our area, JD. He's a. Is he's he? A Sandy. He plays Sandy Sabres basketball. He's from from southeast. Another uh, leak. Yep. Where, I'll, where? I'll share. I'll, I'll share <laughs> another fact about him later, which would actually like leak something like proper personal, but um, interesting nonetheless. But as a pick, I guess George is what we want to talk about. Five hundred k. I think it's a good pick in a vacuum, like himself. But it's more to what the other options are. The forwards. It feels like there might be a, just a few better ones that um, have more upside and like what what's Torino's upside 105 maybe it's more because he'll be full-time mid at the at the tie so he started off really hot at the start of the year and his mid-time wasn't super high oh, he either. Was still then, the ball. He? <laughs> yeah but then like he dropped off a bit was that back issues then he mm. was out for a few weeks then he came back in probably checked out we've seen him check out before in the COVID oh, yeah. year Big time that was out. that was a massive yeah, oh, yeah. um so was it that case again? Sub five hundred. When he was four fifty in the midfield, he he rose up to five fifty k and stayed there for a bit before coming down again. So uh, sub five hundred, it's not too bad. It's yeah. not too bad, I think. New club. Do you think the Tigers' game style hurts Toronto? Maybe because we just don't possess the footy. But he does take those uncontested marks. Yeah, and he can go forward and kick a goal. He's obviously learnt that craft pretty well. Uh, which is strange because he's not the greatest kick in the midfield, but I don't know. He's probably to me he feels like he's almost a sustained player as Prestia, but maybe just a little bit where like fully fruit Prestia is pretty good, but he just never really can hold on to that fitness. So mm-hmm. um he seems like a pretty similar player to Prestia. So and Prestia does what, like a hundred in our team. Something like that. Maybe just a little bit under. So which gets is a bit taller. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, so I think, yeah, that's the fantasy or super coach aspect of the week. And we're sort of, sort of tied into Brisbane versus Tigers. Anything else to add on that game? Uh, look, we shot ourselves in the foot all year. And that, that definitely just summed up the year. Watching like three blokes spoil the footy and let Joey kick that goal. I was like, yeah. yeah. You see, you see Bolter on the floor. I'm like, you guys have done this all year to me. Watch. Gold Coast North games back to back. There's so many mistakes, and we've made them all year. And I think we're zero and six in games under a goal. So the uh, the Collingwood Yin and Yang we've been, and that pretty much just summed it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like I don't know if you've seen the split that someone had on Twitter of that versus the Grundy goal, and it's like the exact <laughs> oh, yeah. same. It's exactly the same. So bad. So it's bad. uh, it's wild. Uh. Like, Dimmer would have lost so many years of his life this year watching this. <laughs> <laughs> like we should be should have really finished top four, and obviously didn't deserve to, rightly so. But being in every game for about three months, losing our biggest loss has been one goal, mm. and that was in it, since the Sydney game or whatever that was, which is like round ten. So could have yeah, easily been top four, but shot ourselves it, in the foot. It feels like one of those years for the Tigers where if everything went right and you didn't have injuries and Dusty kind of hit form, like you could have legitimately been a you know in the grand finals at some point just given the experience of the team and the age profile and stuff but and just not we don't to think be. anyone sticks out that far like we thought geelong did i thought they were pretty poor and we'll get to that obviously but there's mm-hmm. a upside there and we think probably sydney's a favorite now we could have easily gone deeper if everything went right and finished top four but didn't deserve yeah. to in the end uh, on the Brisbane side, I think um, McCluggage was really good early. Neil was kind of good and anchored that team, it felt like, for most of the game. McStay did a really good job, as we kind of mentioned, um, swapping into yeah, the Yeah, he was awesome. 
Bailey was good, brought that X factor. I thought uh, Zorko, as much as we are not a massive fan, um, actually bounced back pretty well uh, and kind of stuck to leading on field rather than leading in other ways, uh, which was good. And then um, we saw probably the best of Danaher and Hipwood. I mean, the big knock on Brisbane has been that forward line and how it's going to glue together. But, um, I mean, maybe this is just not having mixed day in there and just having Danaher and Hipwood as the, the pillars. Maybe it was because, you know, no Grimes um, and the, the Tigers kind of backlines underdone yeah. a little bit. But Broad, it, was, it, was, it was by far the best we saw of that that um, forward line this year. So, I, I guess lots of praise. And Wilmot, um, by the way, talking of fantasy, super coach uh, players, yeah. like he looks good as a, a rookie, possibly one for next year. Uh, only other question... I wanted to ask was like, you know, like we saw this high kind of scoring game between Lions and Tigers last time they played, right? What is it about these two teams that you think leads to that? Because it's just, just unique. Yeah. Like it doesn't really happen. And and like, especially it's like same teams back to back. Usually one team changes something. So it's not as offensive. And yeah, like what, like what's your read on what's, what was unique about this matchup that kind of leads to that? Well, we both probably have the most potent forward lines in the comp, you'd say. Maybe Geelong's is probably up there as well. And just no defense. Like, as you said, Grimes is out for us. Brisbane haven't been able to defend all year, I think, pretty much. Like, I thought Stasevich came in and played quite well. But, I don't know, Harris Andrews pretty – just, I don't know. I don't know what to think of him sometimes. Mm. I feel like he's really awesome sometimes and really just really bad in others. But – it's really good ball movement teams, strong, potent forward lines and no defense. I think it's just like the same team and that's what the result was. I think the work rate of the players through the middle of the ground, um, like on turnover, they just work really hard and they get over the ball. We see like with Shea and Charlie Cameron, that's what happens with that. But yeah, just observation. But I think we'll move on to Melbourne versus Sydney. First half, this was a great game. Second half, Melbourne kind of fell into their old habits, I guess, of the second half of the year where they just couldn't score. Um, forwards just they just couldn't yeah. get any marks inside 50. Brown was like fumbling twice as bad as he usually does. Um, and yeah, the midfield, like Clary was still good. Petrarca struggled really hard. He, what do you get that rundown tackle on buddy? Franklin? Buddy, I think. buddy. That's, buddy where he, that's where he did the fracture. Played yeah. on, yeah. So, so yeah, it was like really smart play from him and then he got rewarded with a fractured whatever uh, hairline fracture in his leg or something. So I think the main takeaway is I think Sydney, I mean, Sydney were my flag tip and I think they they still are. I think they have the best record against the top six teams. And we saw Heaney, Franklin did nothing. In fairness to Heaney, Heaney copped a pretty bad knock in the head. Hey, he, la- um, he landed nine tackles and I think six, five were inside 50. So he did other things, yeah. but yeah wasn't too much up forward and logan mcdonald as well was um, oh yeah pretty average <laughs> even play so, yeah so a bit of upside there papley was outstanding uh row bottom was really good through the midfield but you just see sydney's pressure and ball move ball uh ball movement and uh your man jake lloyd i thought was outstanding <laughs> he was so um yeah we saw kind of like even like in the dogs game we saw them go back to giving it to Caleb Daniel and, you know, Lloyd, the more senior guy there. Blakey didn't do a whole much. They kind of reverted back to Lloyd, but Lloyd just played a good game and kicked two goals somehow, yeah. which I don't think is ever yeah. going to be repeated. You could play for um, a thousand games. That'll never happen. Was two goals or both or 50s? No, one was one. like a rip. 
just spilled to him. He kicked it from an yeah, okay, the other angle. Fifty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to yeah, be fair, a, that was defending think, too great, but he did a right I, forward. I think that was the big thing about Melbourne's game, which I observed is like the fifties killed them. Um, and and the reason why isn't just because like all three of them resulted in goals, but it was every time Melbourne seemed to get a bit of momentum and it was finally their turn to kind of get on top of play a little bit, they conceded one of these 50s into a goal and it just reset. Uh, so like they just couldn't build that momentum that would kind of lead them to a comeback or to like that level footing. And I thought that was by far the biggest difference. I mean, yeah. I mean, Oliver, Gorn, May... I thought like a lot of those Melbourne stars tried to to stand up, but to your points around their forward line, still a basket case, which is totally true. And then, yeah, I think the 50s and the, the undisciplined play wasn't great. I mean, and then Swans were obviously good, like full credit to the boys, full credit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought like Swans were obviously really good, but that's, that's kind of where the differences in that game came down to for me. Your man, Dylan Stevens. <laughs> Dylan Stevens. Oh, I'm still How so good. upset How about good this. Was he? he since he's been back the second half of the year, he's been, he's been so really good. good. And yeah. I knew he was this good. And then like they just didn't bring him back early enough. I mean, maybe if they brought him back earlier, he wouldn't have been he this good. Have done but, this, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, he he had like uh he's had like 80s, he had like 118 and 83 or something like that back to back. He would have made bulk cash. Still, still upset about that one. Oh, killer. But yeah, he's been really good. And oh, like exactly. the celebration when he kicked that goal was sick. Yeah, like, that was that. a great goal. Hickey was all pretty good as well. Like I know Gorn was good, but a lot of good ruck matchups, I guess. Like mm-hmm. McStay did a right against Nake, Gorn and Hickey. Others will come too, but yeah. For this game, I think one of the biggest takeouts is I'm like worried about Melbourne. I just thought, I think the, what was their record post by? It was like negatives, I think. Four and six or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, just worried about them. I think the first half showed that they're definitely capable. And now Petrarca injured. Like, I've just lost a bit of confidence in them. Um, But yeah, maybe we could have saw it coming given their form in the back half of the year. They had that massive game against Brisbane where they just demolished them. So maybe we just, just thought, oh, they had a bit of a lull. They're back. And then they've Doing kind of reverted back to this. Yeah. But it was Sydney, so we'll see how they go. Yep, because still get them to the JD, some news from Manscaped. Something new. Uh, yes, excellent. Gentlemen, uh, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle and giggles in the face of danger field. Sorry, danger. He's a big, <laughs> hairless winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right, Manscaped would like to announce that their biggest and best ultimate hygiene bundle, the Platinum Package 4.0, is now available in Australia. Manscaped is a leader of below-the-waist grooming. Now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FTTV. Uh, so this new package, it literally does have everything. So you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which we've talked about a lot, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Ultra Premium Body Wash, the Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner, Deodorant, Crop Preserver, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, Ball Spray Toner, Anti-Chafing Boxes, and the Shed Travel Bag. It literally has everything. And if you're looking to up your hygiene game, then Manscaped is the place to go. That's code FTDV at manscaped.com. Outstanding. Moving on to Geelong versus the Pies. So this game... Um, 
You didn't I was like. No, I didn't enjoy this game. It was a horrible skill level. Um, I'll throw you guys first. Or Anna, uh, how do you feel about this game? Yes, yeah, so I caught most of this game. Watched it with a few of my mates, supporters from both teams. Um, and it was just really funny to watch. Like a lot of things <laughs> happened that I just didn't expect. Like fair credit to the Pies. They, they did show up and put on a hell of a lot of pressure. I thought Geelong played pretty poorly for the most part. Jeremy Cameron, in my opinion, is like the best player in the league. I just the things he was doing. All right, David King. No, nah, I don't care who says it. He, he seriously is like maybe Clary. You've got an argument, but uh, it's Clary. It's got it's so Clary at the moment. He's is so it though? Good. Like midfield? No, yeah, I know. Clary is so like, good. Jeremy Cameron. There's no one like him. Seriously, he was lacing people out like <laughs> like it was no one's yeah. business. And Gary Rowan, I cannot believe the game Gary Rowan had. I'm sorry. Uh, he has been the worst finals performer in the last 10 years, and he pulls that out <laughs> in a qualifying final. I think he averages oh. like four touches and no goals in his finals yeah. for his career, and he does that game. I just could not believe oh. it. <laughs> I think the, the, like the cherry on the top was that final kick into the 50 oh. I think Holmes kicked the goal, and he just it's so rocked Gary an Rowan. uncontested yeah. mark. I'm like, he's still trying to do it. He's still trying to do it. He mopped oh, it up. My yeah. uh, my boss was messaging me saying, like, Wayne Carey effort from Rowan. I sent him back the only thing that Rowan and Carey have in common is their extramarital activities. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't disrespect Carey, all right? But, uh, yeah, I mean. He, showed up. Your man, JD. Oh. <laughs> he could not have done this once all year in Supergoge, especially though I owned him. And he actually played a good game. Like, terrible. It's unreal. Uh, George, this kind of like goes back into your theme of like some of the big dogs standing up in the Swans game, you know, like, and even uh, the dogs as well, right? Like moving away from some of the youth and putting it back on the senior players. Like Pendles, I thought was another example of that. who oh. did a really good job on the pie side and um, really led. I thought Selwood probably had one of his better games. He wasn't dominant, but he was um, solid. Uh, but then I think the big story from the cat side was Tommy Atkins had a fourth quarter for the ages, just absolutely um, tore it up. We saw him do this, like I think in the last month as well, but he was really clutch. And, uh, you know, Adams going down in third is a bit like Prestia. I think um, mm. both those teams kind of rely on one inside midfielder to really carry that role. Both lost, they're both injury prone. We've talked about Adams and Prestia being so similar in so many ways. And we like mirrored, absolutely mirrored, like Adams went down. And um, I think it was probably the difference for the pies in that, that last quarter as well. Yep. Uh, what did you think about Crisp, George? He was good. He started like, well. One of the better games he played, like still seven clangers and whatnot, but he's what they <laughs> needed. Like, <laughs> I mean, you probably look there, he's got seven clangers every game, but he actually did really well. Like, he's what the goal he kicked was is, nice too. Yeah, that was good candy. Yeah, ten contested, which was nice. I think that was like you know double digit contested. There was only a handful that did that. So he's yeah, I just he's so required in there because they don't have much else that it'd be good to get him. I think back to half back or even like a wing. Like I don't know what Hoskin Elliott's doing in this team. They they surely have someone else, but they they clearly don't. He mm. <laughs> he just isn't isn't like up to it, in my opinion anymore. But. George, what do you think with the cat? I think there's still upside with the cats. They played pretty poorly. Like Collingwood pressured them and they just yeah. didn't look good, but they got the job done in the end. If I had to reseed, I think I had Geelong at the fourth seed. And honestly, they played like a fourth seed, to be honest. They played pretty bad. But that's the um, thing. There's upside if they can get it together. Yeah, I think Collingwood's midfield was okay. Dugai was a big body through there. I think Pendlebury had 34. He was good. 
Um, Adams was good until he went down. I think probably ran out of legs. And, you know, in the last quarter, they were just bombing it in the forward 50. I think they got one over the back uh, at the end. But, you know, like Jezza and Rowan, I think like their second key defender is Jeremy Howe. And the I third think that's what Murphy on, on Rowan. So, it's, so yeah. it's not, it should not have happened. It was like Geelong should have lost this, but I guess that's like, the Tomahawk prize. Did for, nothing. Got the destroyed. prize for... The prize for finishing first is you play fourth, and they played fourth. So, um, yeah, and I just thought Magpies, the first like, half historically probably one of the luckier fourths to exist. Um, yeah. I mean, like that's definitely up for debate, but like lowest percentage fourth ever, probably. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know, good teams find a way to win. And look, Geelong—they've had an outstanding year. Um, I think you can still get them through the midfield. And I think they will. It'll be when they play, they probably play what? The winner of Jeez. Melbourne and Brisbane. And like, I, I've lost confidence in Melbourne, but I think, I, I don't think they have any chance against Sydney. So you can clip me on that if you want. But um, look, I think it, Jezza, look, I, I don't scoff. Like, if you would say Jezza's the best player in the league, like, I'm not going to argue too hard against that. You know, the kicks inside 50, the, the marking, just his athleticism is unbelievable. So he was like without Jezza, they lose that. Yeah. So if he fires and Hawkins fires and they all fire, they've got a chance. They got the weapons, but we'll see what happens because they they played well below their level, and that's basically what the Cats have been for finals. So um, yeah, but maybe this game was I think important to get out of the way for them. So yeah, they won thirteen in a row. Didn't play much chop, so probably that played into it. The week so, off, like they just uh, they hadn't played anyone that good probably in a long time. Yeah, I got like I got a few thoughts here. So I was impressed by so much of Collingwood. Um, like I think both Dacos brothers were really good. Um, like I think they had down moments, but like you know, really promising signs there. Uh, Lipinski had one of his probably better games for the Pies as well. It, it did lots of like really impactful stuff. Um, so like I think they can hang their heads high. But honestly, I think the reason why this game was close is the Pies pressure through the midfield. I mean, all over the ground, but through the midfield was nuts. And the Cats' strong suit by far is their forwards. And if you're not going to be able to match up on all all of their forwards, which is kind of hard to do, right? You got like Cameron, Rowan, Hawkins. Like, there's just so much talent through that forward line. You got to put the pressure on through the midfield to prevent the inside fifties being as good. And I think that's what we saw a lot of, which really helped. Um, level the game the only other team that i can see bringing the same level of pressure through the midfield is the swans so i think the swans will be cat kryptonite um but all i don't think any of the other teams bring that same level of pressure that would disrupt geelong like we saw from the pies this game uh so i actually think like the cats will be okay from here and the other thing that really impressed me is i thought the pressure was good enough through the first like quarter and a bit for the pies that it would break a lot of teams i i legitimately thought they looked like a top four team the way they played with the pressure maybe the skills weren't always the best but bring that level of pressure for that long like through sustained periods is really hard to do uh so like i was i was really impressed by by the pies i think uh i think the cats will be okay though i just don't think any other team can pressure like that apart from the swans an interesting tactic that they did is Selwood and Danger started on the bench every mm-hmm. quarter for the first, I don't know, like five, six, minutes. seven minutes. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. One of the quarters. So I don't know. Like, there might be some method to that madness. 
thing, but I think they definitely risked getting jumped and Collingwood misfired early. They could have easily had a three, four, five goal lead yep. early. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know about that tactic, but I guess they won, so it's what it is. Uh, the other uh, ca- tactic, though, in the like third quarter was um, they swapped uh, Tui and Duncan, right? So uh, Tui started forward, Duncan in defense. They swapped that around, and that seemed to work well in the second half. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, moving on to the final game of the week, um, Fremantle versus the Doggies. A very strange game how this panned out. Frio did not start well early. It was the Marcus Bontempelli show in the first half. Um, and I, I think you probably missed a bit of this game. Uh, I saw the start and then just stopped watching. I was with some okay. mates and <laughs> I saw the scores yeah. and I was like, what the hell is going on here? What was it, 42 to 1 or something like that? So Yeah, it was a 41-point lead. And I think, you know, Fremantle settled. Uh, the crowd was going nuts. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, the, once oh, the comeback was, was insane. Yeah. 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 What I noticed from this game is the ball movement of the dogs was just, it was really painful to watch. So I don't know if this is like like Bevo's fault or, you know, the dogs were able to still win clearances. Like you look at clearance numbers, same old dogs, you know, contested ball tackles, clearances, all to the dogs. Sarong was really good um, mm-hmm. for, for Frio, but every time they got the ball, they'd want to win the ball at stoppage. They'd hack it forward and there was just no... No method to their movement. It was just hack it forward, land in the lap of Ryan, Clark, and uh, Hayden Young. And then they'd rebound back. And, you know, when Freo were able to lock it in that inside 50, like we saw early in the year, uh, Freo were like one of the known for the, being the best defensive teams because of their zone forward of the ball uh, or defending the ball. So, yeah, they just held their width really well. And Dogs couldn't. The dogs couldn't get a look at the score. They they didn't look like scoring for two and a half quarters, and that's pretty much what happened. So, yeah, it was uh, not not a great game for doggies, for for the dog supporters, but uh, definitely for an encouraging performance. And yeah, they choked them to death basically. What do you reckon, Jackson? Uh yeah. I mean, the comeback was insane. I did not think it was going to happen. Um, once kind of dogs get on a run like that, you just assume they'll carry on. And Freya looked so shell-shocked. The crowd was completely out of it. So for them to fight back was nuts. Um, Walters wound back the clock big time in this game. I think that was like a real big turning point was uh, what he was able to do. Um, and like he, he very much like led, uh, felt like that team at times. Um, I was really impressed by Jaya Miss uh, for, for being his second game. Not only the number of opportunities he got, but like his composure at certain parts in the game, especially when a lot of their forward line wasn't clicking early, he was still taking marks and presenting well. Uh, so I think like like sneaky underrated. And then the other one I probably wanted to call that was um, like Sarong. A lot of people, I, like I, I think a lot of people would have had him as best on ground or, or thereabouts for this one. Uh, although maybe Bond, like maybe you had Bond ahead of him. Um, but Sarong kind of, I don't know, he feels like he's going to be a very underrated player um across his career like he's he was when chera was there he was kind of talked about as the third person even though i thought he was better than chera and obviously brayshaw's got a lot of accolades this year and sarong's kind of been forgotten and still seen as this like rising up and comer but he's had many many solid games where he's been a like very strong leader and you can kind of see it on fields as well so yeah just wanted to like give big shout outs to sarong um i thought he was very good and like is 
now sneaky underrated. Oh, and uh, special mention to Will Brody, um, who proved how fraudulent he was when, you know, real game was on the line. Anyway. <laughs> Dude, well, we have to talk to the other guys. Generally, inside mids don't score super well against the dogs, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, unlike what? Sarong and Brayshaw. Yeah. Brayshaw I mean, got his six contested. He got his halfback stuff again. He was good, but um, yeah. standard Brayshaw game. So, yeah, moving on. Also, Sarong, I probably won't pick him for super coach, but I think he'll get there one day. And when he does, he'll be in our sides, most likely. Okay. He, he could be a sneaky fantasy option next year. He did not have a game below 20 touches this year, which is pretty interesting. Give me Hayden Young. Oh. I deserve oh, yeah. like a 110, just average from him. Yeah. Uh, the, you and me both, and I'm all, I'm all on <laughs> all on the, the Hayden O'Tron. He didn't a game, but it looked like he played pretty well. So He did, mm. he did. Especially like uh, later, I thought when the game was on the line. Very good. But I was probably played into it. Didn't I? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like classic though, right? So when Freya was able to control the game a bit more, Ryan and Young just racked it up because dogs just don't pressure defense, which yeah. I don't know. I wonder if they revisit that as a tactic over oh, the season. I think they have it, to. It's just not working for them. No. We're relying on Sam Darcy in his what, third game. And yeah, English isn't working in the ruck. It's Lob yeah. was killing him. It's, I don't know. They got, they got some stuff to figure out. <laughs> They're probably going to back themselves in and then finish seventh again. Funnily enough, they probably end up with Lob, don't they? Oh, how tall can they go, though? I don't know how they fit him in. Darcy, Jamara, <laughs> English, Norton. Bruce, Bruce will never play again if he comes. Well, they might put Darcy back into defense again. Plus, like both, yeah. but like playing Darcy and Ugelhagen every week at the moment is not, not working out. They're just like they're no. too young and too skinny. Yes. Uh, so we'll move on to this week's games. Melbourne versus Brisbane and Pies versus Frio. Uh, who are you boys tipping for this one? Oh, wait. Pies do we or... want to reflect on how we did last week first? Ah, uh, sure. George, do you want to start? Zero from four. But <laughs> I did tip Sydney wow. for the flag. Okay. Well, I would have been I... bad. Too. I think I tipped Frio, though. No, two I would have got. Did you tip the pies? Okay. I would have got two. I, I got, think I tipped I got, Melbourne. I can't remember. I did as well. Uh, and I tipped Tigers, obviously. So I got the other yeah. two. Yep. Exactly the same as me. I know. I, I tipped what Geelong for the flag. So still still in for that. I tipped the Ds. But I still confident. I mean, Brizzy got to come to Melbourne, mate. I know we've had a lost confidence in the Ds. But, they just, but Melbourne yeah. just whooped them up there. And now they come to the G. I think the Ds would probably look good against Brisbane like they did three weeks ago. And... Probably win that game. So, look, it'd be great if Brisbane got up, to be honest, because it'd be something new. They they bloody enjoyed that win. <laughs> you could see after the after the game, um, which is which is actually good to see. Besides me being on the wrong end of it, like Fagan looked like he's just like, lost the biggest weight off his shoulders of all time after that. So, who knows? They could probably they could cause an upset, but I'll go with the D's. Yeah, this is a like smash D's lock for me. Yeah, their forward woes probably be uh, looking good again against that Brisbane defence, even though they're probably masking over that they are st- still need help there, but the Brisbane defence will probably help them out. Mm-hmm. They won by 10 oh. goals last time, Melbourne at the Gabba. Yeah. 
because he kicked four, four in the first half. I think it's one of those games where they need to get um, Gorn probably more up forward, clunking marks, which is always risky because of his set shot kicking. But Jackson didn't do a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I think Melbourne should be fine, though. So I will tip for this game. I've got to tip Melbourne. <laughs> I thought you were going to go no. a bit rogue. MCG factor as well. I know it gets beaten to death, but until they do it, yep. how can you confidently tip them? Just be a hater. Happy to see him do it, but... Didn't yeah. work for me. <laughs> um, Pies versus Fremantle. No Tate Adams. Probably no, no, definitely no five. He's been a non-entity anyway this year. Yeah. Actually, saying a pies game would be a good game. It's not a hot take, is it? <laughs> I've had twelve of them in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it will be. I think Frio. Um, we get a lot of confidence from that win. Not that I watched them play in the second half really, but uh, I was impressed with the pies though, and I really do love Craig McRae. Like he'll he will be doing all the right things in the during the week to to get him up and bounce them off the canvas after that loss. They look pretty, you know, upset, disheartened with it, as he should be, obviously. But these comments I loved post-game, saying he's like, we're not losers. We lost the game, but we're not losers. He's got to act like winners, you know. He said he saw yeah. half his players in the ground like they'd lost to Granny. Like, he said, get up, come on. We're not, season's not over. And I did like that. I think he's a great coach, so. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask what your take on this was. I'm, I like, because a lot of people don't, didn't seem to like it or like, like it. saw it labeled as like weird or odd outbursts or something like that. But I don't know. It just felt like it was more of like what, like, insight into who McCray is and like yeah. his attitude and like the mindset he's brought to the team. Yeah. Um, which, you know, like they're going to, you're going to have moments where they fall back and lapse and like that's like coaching moments, right? Uh, so I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, agree. Thought it was a good take from him. You know, I haven't really seen that sort of stuff from him, but you know, shows that yeah, he's dead serious coach. He uh, yeah, he's a winner. You can tell, and he wants to instill confidence in his players and stuff. Like, I think he knows yeah. how to tap into that sort of stuff. He doesn't take no shit. That's for sure. No. So, uh, for this game, now early in the year. Pies got him pretty good. They beat him up there, right? Or over there? I think it was in Perth by six. But it was goals. raining. The old Frio raining dilemma. Yes. <laughs> Which I think it might be, or is a chance, at least a chance to be. That's what they Which said. In this that week. case, much. I smashed the pies. <laughs> I like I would say they'd probably win, but yeah. Pies MCG. I think the pies will bounce back. Big crowd. Frio probably will settle in a bit quicker. Uh, although I think it was probably more the dogs, a bit more experience. Uh, you know, they've jumped teams before, but I think Frio, they can definitely get on top in the midfield. I think the tolls up forward for Frio are probably unreliable. I think MS was, yeah, MS was really good, presented really well, kicked straight. So, but I think you're yeah, right. I don't think they're, I don't think they're potent enough to really punish the pies like, um, like Jezza and. No, uh, Roland did. So I'll go with the pies for this one. Yeah, like bang on, George is going to say exactly the same thing. The Frio just doesn't have the forward stocks. They relied a lot on like youth kind of um, stepping up in that game, which 
I just don't think it's going to hold up when you have a higher pressure side like uh, the Pies kind of come to the game. So assuming the Pies can jump up and bounce back and just given what we've seen from the last couple of months, you'd assume they can, right? Like there's something they're doing right that's making this happen. I just, uh, I think the bottom end of the Dockers list is just still a little bit too young and too inexperienced to handle what the Pies have been bringing as a game style. So yeah, I, I, I'll go Pies. Yep, I don't think I said my tip, but I'll tip the pies as well. Are we all all Melbourne pies? How boring! Yeah, the favourites. Look at us. Yeah. Um, it's hard to justify tipping Brisbane given what happened in round twenty three. Yeah, and that was a way for for Melbourne. Yeah, the pies free. I, I guess you could. Go oh, I, I I give Freo a big chance though for sure. Yeah, they got a yeah. slight, a little bit of dark horse about them. I think Sydney had a lot of dark horse about them, but now they're. Above that now, but um, yeah, free on the day, they they beat some pretty good teams throughout the year, so mm-hmm. I'm probably more looking forward to this game than the other game. So, I mean, yeah, Freo got a bit of dog in them, I like them. But, well, yeah, I mean, Freo and Pies, like it's all the new faces, so it's definitely the game I'm more interested in as well. Like, Pies, how Pies have been playing, been good to watch, which is like not exactly a hot take, but it's true. Uh, and then both of them do have like younger players, younger cores, new coaches. Like it's just a little bit more interesting than the Melbourne kind of Brisbane thing, which we've seen play out over the last couple of years already. Mm. Uh, I like, I do think there is like, you, you can have teams bounce back from those gigantic losses where they get absolutely spanked by the side. And you could have Melbourne kind of rest on their laurels a little bit. Although I think just having come off a loss and now being in the spot where every game's elimination game, I don't think it's going to be the case for the D's, but um like yeah i could i could make arguments for both brisbane and freo but i, I think there's probably a reason why melbourne and collingwood are the favorites in this one if, if that's right and i like they just on paper just seem like they should have the advantage yeah i think they're both pretty clear favorites like dollar 48 or something like that i think we can wrap it up there so yeah just the two games this week friday and saturday so pretty exciting um anything else to add who do we want to win the flag? Who do we want? Sydney Trans want to... a bit of a uh, bit of traction, isn't it? I just want to see Isaac take some hangers, hanging out for <laughs> it. Oh, of the teams that are left, like I'd like to see Freo win a flag. They 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 Don't never won one, one, so yeah. yeah, I'd I'd like to see them win it. As selfish Melbournians, well, Vic based teams, we probably just want an interstate team to win it, so we don't have to hear about it. Is that right, JD? Uh, well, I live in the state anyway, so True. I don't. True. I don't have but to you hear know, about it regardless, <laughs> all all I have to hear about, no matter what, is it's been eighteen years since you won a final. Oh. <laughs> that's, why, that's, why, that's why it's retro merch. Take me back to the nineties, back to like Lloyd and Heard, Lucas. Oh, boys, yeah. none of this two two thousand and twenties. Like, yeah, George Crom yep. VFL. They're gonna. Oh, Sandville. They're gonna win. <laughs> They lost play. today. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, they, they got another another week. Dare I say I didn't watch. I did watch last week, but I just checked. How did Maxi go? Not great. Yeah. How did did Pedler get injured? No, he made it through, so that's good. Um, Braden Cook's not going too well, which is a bit annoying. But um, yeah, I think that's enough. For, Crom belongs nowhere near this podcast, so I think we'll leave it at that. So thanks again, boys, and um, we'll see you guys next week.